Hello, and welcome to the podcast of Emmanuel Assemblies of God in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at EmmanuelAG.com. So I work with Youth with a Mission YWAM in Budapest, Hungary. That is a picture from Castle Hill looking along the river. And then the huge build, fancy building is the Parliament building. Just a fun like fact about that is there was actually a contest for um, people to design their Parliament building. And the first place one obviously is the one that they built. And then the second place and third place are actually around the corner. They built the structures as well for that, but they're just not the government building. But it's 96 meters tall. And that is 96 has a special meaning in Hungary. But that is what it looks like along the river there. So the next. All right. So before um, COVID happened, we had a lot of things going for us. We were being, we were actually quite busy, and we were supposed to be quite busy all summer long, and uh, and all spring long actually. But things changed. But a little couple of things that have been going on: um, our coffee house. We've been, we were doing our Friday nights still, and packed to the brim with so many people coming and listening to our musicians. The picture that I have up there from Coffee House was we actually had some girls from the church that I go to. Uh, they are talented in music, and they came and played. And we had, I think, 80 people there that night coming to listen and hang out that night. And so we were still doing our coffee house ministry on Friday nights. We actually just now, two weeks ago, restarted it, and we were really happy. I heard from my team and team members uh, that it actually has been really good. They've been getting a lot of people to come in for Friday night's live music. We also started a thing. I don't have a picture of it up there, but we partner with another ministry called Truth Planters that are in uh, Budapest as well, and we started doing these uh, Saturday night uh, young people just worship, preaching, and prayer nights. And it was in Hungarian and in English because Budapest is a very international city. We have people from all over the world who come to go to college there. So English is quite well spoken there. And so we started doing this, uh, we called it uh, Truth and Power Nights. And we had just a wonderful time of worship. We'd do some songs in Hungarian, some songs in English, and we'd go back and forth. And then our te- the teaching would be translated from English to Hungarian. And then afterwards, we were um, up there uh, able to pray with people. And we had some who could go, if they could only speak Hungarian, we had people who could speak Hungarian section. And then we had, if people needed to speak English, English English section. And they were just really powerful nights. We had about 50 or 60 young people coming on those nights. And just being able to pray with them afterwards and just worship with them was just really amazing. And we did it in our coffee house there as well. Um, another thing, we had a lot of teams coming. Uh, we, were, uh, we have a lot of teams that come in and they partner with us and do our ministry. So our coffee house ministry, which is in the downtown city center. And then our homeless ministry and our street evangelism ministry that we have. And so they were coming and partnering with us. We had a team from Germany right before everything closed. It was a lot of fun. We went out on the streets uh, one of the days, 
And I felt like this lady on the side, I needed to talk to her. So I went up to her. Her name was Ava. And I used one of our translators, Agnes, because she actually happened to be from a village and had come into Budapest and didn't speak English. She had come there because she has hearing problems and her hearing aid wasn't working right. So she had to come into Budapest to get it worked on and get it fixed. And I kind of asked her if I could pray with her about it, and she got so excited. She was like, yes, can you, yeah, pray for me. So I got to pray with her on the street, and then after we finished praying with her, she asked me again. She's like, oh, she pulls out her phone and shows me a picture of her friend. She's like, hey, can we pray for my friend too? Like, he just lost his job um, because he had this injury, and can we pray over his foot? And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So then we just got to go and pray over uh, her friend, And it was just a really neat experience um, to be able to encourage that woman that day um, and be used in that way. And that's kind of what our street outreach is. We go out and preach, share testimonies. We do worship on the streets. And then we just kind of ask the Lord, who the people who are listening and watching, who do you want us to talk to? Uh, Who needs to um, have conversations with us? And she just so happened to be someone that God put on my heart in that time. We also had a goodbye party for one of our team members. She actually moved to go work with our base in Cluj, Romania. So we had a party for her. And honestly, everything was like going well. We had our house. We have a residential house where we host all of the teams that come in and volunteers that are working with us. It was booked solid, every bed taken from March through August. All of that changed. Um, And so you can go to the... Next slide. So right before this happened, we had a leadership conference for all of Europe. And it only happens every five years. And God is amazing. And he gave me the opportunity to be able to go. It was in Prague, the Czech Republic. And it was just an amazing time. There were about 350 people from Europe who work with YWAM there. And we all came together and we just had a time of worship together, of teachings together, of training together, um, and just really um, setting up for what God has in this decade. And we actually got to hear from Lauren Cunningham. Uh, He is the founder of YWAM, and he actually came and spoke the first night. And one of our initiatives right now with YWAM is getting the Bible in every language. And that goal is to be done by 2030. And we're partnered with like Whitecliff and a couple of other um, organizations. And they meet actually monthly, the heads, like YWAM and Whitecliff and a few others. And that is kind of their initiative. One of the initiatives YWAM is doing is going to Mongolia and going to those remote nomad villages and handing out Bibles and talking with them. So we got to hear from him. And then... This picture is uh, the part of my team that went. There's 12 of us on the team, and so that was the ones that we got to go. And then right here is actually a picture of all of the Central Europe people that came. So that it, so YWAM is broken down not only by continent, but by regions. And so my region is Central Europe. So it's like Poland, uh, Hungary, Slovakia, Slovenia, Czech, Um, Romania, Serbia, so that whole area of Europe. And so that was the amount of us that came. We actually had like a meeting and we got to catch up as bases in our region and kind of talk about what God was doing and what kind of prayer needs we needed. So this happened right before everything in Europe shut down. And then you can go to the next slide. 
So, just to kind of give you a reality of what was going on. So before COVID, that's the kind of amount of people we have that come to Budapest for tourism. And then this is the same spot when everything, all the borders closed. Um, we would have thousands upon thousands of tourists every day. And that's like the main source of income in Budapest. And when they closed the borders, it was like a ghost town. It was very interesting to go to some of those sites and just see how empty and how ghost-like it felt um, and how eerie it felt because there was nobody there. Everyone was gone. And a lot of the students that come there to study went home. And so it was just empty. There are still that some that came. The grocery stores, like here, went crazy. Um, that other picture is a grocery store that I happened to go to on a day where they made the restrictions a little bit stricter there um, in Hungary. So that is what happened at the start. So what did we do from that? So in Hungary, they made a strict rule of they just wanted you to stay at home. You weren't really allowed to go out unless you needed to. They still had dentist's offices open and hair salons and things like that, but you were only allowed to go to them if necessary. And some shops were only open from 9 to 3, um, and then they would shut down. So you had like a time frame. And for grocery stores, the, adult, the elderly could shop from 9 a.m. to 12, and then us that were under 65 could shop after 12 to 8. And so we had some very strict rules, and we wanted to honor Hungary. We didn't want to go out in the streets still preaching the gospel and like all of that kind of stuff. So we had to kind of shut down a lot of things. The restaurants and cafes all had to close. So our coffee house had to close. And that was really hard. As one of our main money makers, we own the building. We have to pay rent for the building. We have employees for our coffee house that we pay. And all of us YWAM missionaries, we're on support. So then we're having to then try and figure out what we're going to do with our employees. So we kept them all, and we just prayed and fundraised for money that we've been able to do. We were closed for three months before we were allowed to reopen. Over there with cafes, they finally said we could reopen. But one of the things that our employees and then the staff that work with Coffee House, I'm not affiliated with Coffee House, but I help out there when needed. Um, they actually made, we always had cookies that people could buy. We always homemade cookies and people could buy like baked goods and cookies. And we had breakfast options in our Coffee House. So all of the food, that we had stored up for breakfasts, we ended up giving to a few restaurants that were open that were serving to the poor and the homeless. And then we ended up making a lot of cookies, like hundreds of cookies um, each week and taking them to the hospitals and the health centers and taking some of our coffee as well for all of the nurses and doctors and things like that. And it was a lot of fun. Um, they had a lot of really good conversations with people. And that's what this top picture was, is when they went to a health um, center to give the cookies and coffee to. So that was one thing we were doing. Um, another thing was we were still doing a lot of our stuff online. So we kind of moved intercession, and then I'm the leader of our intercession and prayer for our base and kind of organize it and 
lead it. And so we added extra prayer time where we were spending more days coming together over Zoom and just praying for our world um, and different things. Like I'd ask God what's on his heart for us to pray that week for things that are going on. And that's what we would pray for. We actually had a whole YWAM Facebook group where all the bases were on it and we're talking about how their country was going, what kind of prayer needs they had. Then another thing we started doing was um, online classes. YWAM kind of like was like, okay, we've got to change things online. So I started taking leadership classes online and really trying to better myself in being a missionary. And that was really fun and I learned so much from those classes. We also um, started doing a lot of planning for DTS and what God um, wants DTS to look like. Now that everything has kind of changed, I kind of one day broke down crying because I've been there a year and haven't gotten to run a DTS school, a discipleship training school. And God was, I was like, I need a new perspective. And he told me to make a video. So we ended up writing and filming and editing and posting a video to advertise for DTS um, in that time period as well. Um, I also have been keeping up with, uh, up, we're updating our website right now, so I've been helping with that and keeping up with social media for our base and really trying to get the word out about us and what we do. Um, we also had Central Europe Zoom meetings where we'd come together and worship and pray for our, for our region and for what God wanted. One of the key words we kept getting was pruning. And boy, has that come true. Just a lot of pruning in, in us and how we run things and what God wants to change in our ministries. It's just been amazing. Another word we got was there is a wave coming and that there's this harvest of this wave harvest of young people that are about to come into Europe and that we need to be ready and prepared for these people because of this time that God is doing works in people and we need to be ready to talk to them and show them who God is. And so that's kind of what we've been really doing is really planning for that and working on that. And then one final thing I kept doing, we did youth group online through the church that I am a part of there. And so twice a week we did that. And on Fridays we had small group time and I'm the leader for the high school girls small group. So the bottom picture is just a few of the girls that I hang out with and talk with. So since quarantine has ended. Uh, we have now started street outreach again. That started about a month ago. We started our homeless ministry again and have been out on the streets giving food and hanging out with our homeless friends. Actually, one of our homeless friends before quarantine, he was really struggling with his identity. His name is Robbie and just was going through a lot of like who he was. And uh, one of the he had become a Christian a few years ago through our ministry, but was still just really wrestling with it. And the guy who he was living with, they have like a shack outside the city. Um, he happened to become a Christian through our ministry six years ago. And God had called him to stay homeless so that he can disciple and really reach the other homeless. Because there's more than 10,000 homeless in that city. And so he had taken him in during quarantine and through quarantine, he ended up 
really finding out who he was in God and actually got a job like two weeks ago. So we were so excited for him and he was so excited to tell us, like, I got a job. And um, so we're really happy about that. So we've been really happy that we've gotten to kind of start things again. Um, Just be praying for us for our discipleship training school was supposed to start in September. But with borders still closed, a lot of our our, uh, students who are interested are from the States. And right now, Hungary is not allowing people from the States unless you have a residence card. So we've been really trying to pray, like, what does God want? Um, Do we need to postpone it to January? Do we need to just hope and pray that borders will open by mid-September? So just be praying for us. We're going to be making some hard decisions with that. We've also still trying to get money. We're still losing money every day for our coffee house being open because there's still tourism is very slow right now. And um, just different. We're in the tourism area. So a lot of what we got were tourisms. And we've been trying to get more locals to come. And a lot of our regulars have They came back as soon as we opened, but we need more regulars. And we've just also had our cook is actually going to be going to school in the fall. So we have to find a new cook by the end of this month. Another one of our employees just um, quit as well because she's starting school. So we're kind of in this transition phase right now with our coffee house and trying to figure things out. Um, So just be in prayer for that as well. Oh, one amazing praise is I did move. I'm a, last time I was here, I said I lived in that, in our residential house and had 72 roommates in six months. But I finally was able to raise enough support, and I moved in actually with that girl right there. Uh, she is Swiss, but grew up in Cambodia as a missionary kid, and she's in med school um, in Budapest. And so that's been a really cool thing. We got to do quarantine together <laughs> in our um, flat um, in the city. And then on the right is actually one of my favorite Hungarian dishes. It's called chicken paprikash. You should try it. It's amazing. Um, But yeah, so just be praying for those things and then pray for our residential house as well. We own that, and obviously we're still paying the loan for that, but with no teams and no one staying in the house, we have no income to pay the loan right now. So just be, yeah, praying for all of that. And I'm also um, in the process of raising funds to have Hungarian lessons. I would love to learn how to communicate with the people. A lot of the homeless and the elderly in Budapest do not speak English at all. And then once you go out of Budapest, they don't speak English. So I would love to be able to communicate with those people in Budapest and out of Budapest. And right now my Hungarian is not enough for that. Um, And I would also like to be able to read signs because everything is in Hungarian. And sometimes they announce something or they put a sign on the metro, and I'm like, I don't know what this is. So I just have to follow the people and hope that I'm doing it right because I don't know because it's not in English. So those are just some prayer points to be praying about. And then I am actually also going to be giving the sermon today. (laughs) Um, So I feel really honored to be doing this. And um, when Michael asked me, like right away, the Lord was like, he recently told me to write down what he's been teaching me about faith. And so I've been writing it down. And right when Pastor Michael messaged me about it, I was, God was like, remember, I told you to write this down. (laughs) 
<laughs> I want you to share what I've been teaching you. So this is something that God has been teaching me over the years, and I've become actually quite passionate about. I was texting my, uh, my team to pray for me this morning, and they're like, oh, you love talking about this topic. You're going to do great. Like, God has shown you so much. So I'm just going to pray first, and then I'm going to talk about faith and kind of what God has been really showing me about faith. So, Father, I just, yeah, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the sunshine. I just thank you for your protection. Um, and just continue um, to keep us healthy and keep us safe. And just speak through me this morning. And, uh, yeah, just thank you for open hearts and that what I speak will be understandable for others. In Jesus' name, amen. So something that God has really been teaching me when it comes to faith is how a bunch of things come together with faith. So I'm going to ask a question to start. What is something you have been believing for and praying for? I'm going to come back to that at the end. So be thinking about that. What are things that you have been praying for daily, believing God to do daily? So I looked up the word faith, and the word faith means belief. It really means in the Greek, belief, having belief. And a definition that I found is confidence in what we hope for and the assurance that the Lord is working even though we can't see it. So my first question is, how do we get this confidence and assurance? How do we get it? How do we get that for faith? One of those things is reading God's word. I have found that so true. The more that we are reading his word, the more it stirs up in us the belief in God, the belief that he's going to do amazing things for us. Just the faith or the faith stirs up in us because we're reading his word. We're seeing how faithful he is in the Bible. So then it is stirring up in us. Oh, we can believe and have faith that he's going to follow through just like he followed through with people and his word and how he stayed true to it. And I've just found that even more true of the more that I spend time with God and reading his word, the more excited I am about to share with others about him. And so I've really just found that reading his word is so important when it comes to faith. I also have learned that memorizing scripture is another big part of that. And how when we memorize scripture, we're now like wearing it on our heart. And one thing God challenged me through my mentor during quarantine was to memorize chapters. Don't just memorize a verse, but memorize the whole chapter because then you get the context. And the more that I practice the chapters I was memorizing, I did Romans 8, Psalm 139, and Ephesians 6. And the more that I was practicing them and reading through them and speaking it out, the more that it came on my heart, the more that I truly began to believe what I was reading. And it really started to take root and I started to learn new things from that chapter that I didn't see before because I'm practicing it daily and reading through it daily. And each day it was like God gave me a new revelation in that chapter. And it really taught me how important it is that we know scripture, that we memorize scripture, because then it takes root in our heart. And then with that, we're then speaking out God's truth. We're speaking out God's truth into our prayers. We're speaking out truth into what we're believing for and into our situations that might be hard because we're speaking out God's word. And with that, I've learned that we need to say it out loud, not just in our head. 
that it needs to be spoken. And how powerful those words are when we speak it. And I'll go back to that later about speaking and words. But when we speak it out, in Romans 8, or Romans 10, 12, or 10, 17. Do I have it up here? Yeah, so faith comes from hearing. That is, hearing the good news about Christ. And so it shows us that we, when we hear something, we start to believe it. We start to have faith in it. And so when we're speaking out God's word, then we're hearing it as well. So not only is it hit going into our heart, but now it's in our head and it's starting to grasp onto us of this faith and this belief because we're hearing it as well when we speak it out. So then with reading God's word, another thing that I've learned that is important that comes with faith, that we can have that assurance with him is he keeps his promises and he shows us that time and time again and just a few verses i have is joshua 21 45 not one of all the lord's good promises to israel failed every one was fulfilled in lamentations 2 17 the lord has done what he planned he has fulfilled his word which he decreed long ago and then if you look up just different prophecies that were stated in the Old Testament, how every single one of them came to pass in the New Testament. And there's just time and time again where God just shows that he keeps his promises. And because of this, it can really help us be assured and confident in faith and belief that God is going to answer us, that he has what's best for us because he keeps his promises. And honestly, in over the past month, I've seen so many rainbows in the sky, in Budapest, and even when I've been here, of just constantly seeing rainbow after rainbow after rainbow, of God just showing me, like, I'm here, like, I'm keeping my promises. You can keep having faith in who I am. And so just be encouraged that you can have that confidence, not only from reading God's word, but also that he stays true to what he says and that he keeps those promises. Another thing to help us in keeping that confidence and assurance is knowing that prayers change things. Prayers change things. So I have up there... Uh, yeah, so Genesis 18, 16 through 33. That is when um, Abraham starts crying out for Sodom and Gomorrah with God. And he's like, if there's only this amount of believers, can you save them? And God is talking to him and is like, yeah, yeah, that's right. If you find those people, I'll save them. And it really comes to show us God's heart and how he wants us to be praying and interceding in that what we are praying and believing and praying into and saying out into, like God is going to help change those. And we also see it in Exodus 32, 9 through 14, when Moses is talking with God and, Moses, and God just wants to destroy all of Israel because of them bowing down to that calf. And Moses is like, no, God, like, don't do that. Save them. Keep them. They're going to be repentive. Like, just like, don't do this. And God changes his mind. And so it really shows us that our prayers matter. Our prayers do something. And that they're so important. That we all, like when it says to pray without ceasing, just how important it is to keep praying, to keep believing for those things that God has put on our heart. Because our prayers do change things. And also in Luke, I don't have that up there, but... In my Bible study, I lead a Bible study in Budapest, which 
actually forgot to share about. Um, But one of the things we were studying recently was the book of Luke. And one of the verses is Luke 22, 31. And it really stood out to me. And it says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you, that he may sit, sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. So that just so stood out to me of showing me, not only is it important for us to pray because our prayers change things, but Jesus is also interceding for us. And he is pleading for us. And here he is telling Simon like, hey, I've been interceding for you. I've been praying for you. And your faith is going to stay strong because he knew that Peter was about to go and deny him three times and then feel upset. And he's already encouraging Peter beforehand, like, hey, I've prayed about it. I've forgiven you. You're going to come back even stronger in your faith. And it just really hit me even more so why our prayers are so important and how they change things and how Jesus is also doing his part by interceding for us. Um, So then the next thing that we can do to have the assurance and that confidence is knowing that our words have power. They are so powerful. One of um, the things that uh, James 3, 1 through 12, it's all about the power of our words. There's a whole, that whole section is just talking about how much our words have this power of life and the power of death. And we can choose what we're going to speak and how they do affect us. And a few places that I have found in God's word that show this and prove that our words have power is even in the beginning of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And what did he have to do to create? He spoke. And right then from the beginning, it shows us that our words have power. If God spoke the earth into existence, then that must mean that our words have power. A couple of other places that I'll share is Rachel um, Rachel and Leah's story. Rachel um, goes to Jacob and is basically complaining to him about how she didn't have babies and tells him, like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die if you don't give me a child. Then later on, when Laban comes after them, he's like, oh, someone stole my idol. And he, Jacob speaks and he says, hey, um, whoever has it, may they die. And then sure enough, Rachel dies a little bit later in childbirth, giving birth to a child, which she said, oh, I would die if I, if I don't have children. And then you have her own husband speaking death over her, her because he didn't know she had stolen the idol and he's like oh may that person die and so God was showing me through that story of like how our words have power and she was already speaking that death over herself and then she had her own husband speaking that death over her because she had taken that idol another place we can see just how powerful our words are is Matthew seventeen twenty. you don't have enough faith Jesus told them I tell you the truth, if you had no faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. Keyword, say. Say. It's not do. It's say. 
And I've just really learned that saying is so powerful. What we say is so powerful. And it goes back again to that Romans 10, 17 verse, how what we say comes by, or what we hear, faith comes by. So if we're saying what words we're saying out, we're going to start believing that. In ourselves, And so that's why it's so important that we watch what we say, that we're careful about what we say. And a few things that God has t- taught me through words is like if I got a headache and I would start praying and saying, okay, thank you, God, that you have healed my head. You have taken away that headache. And he does. And it's just having that mindset of praying and thanking him, which I'll get into in a, here in a minute, and just being careful with those words and knowing that we're speaking life rather than death, and that when we speak that death, we're calling upon things upon us that are not always good, like Rachel did to herself. Um, and so one thing that I've learned, though, is we have to keep watch, because Satan doesn't want the things we're praying for, and the things we're believing for to come to pass. He's going to do everything in his power to make sure it doesn't happen. So we can see that in John 10.10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. So don't let him come and steal your faith. Don't let him come and steal what God has spoken over you. Don't let him come and steal your prayers from moving. So be aware of that. So how can we prevent him from stealing these things from us? The first thing, release it and claim it. So something God has really been showing me is saying what we're praying for, believing for it, and then right away thanking him for it. Saying, thank you for what you're doing in this. Thank you that you have heard it, that you're taking care of it. For me, and that Satan cannot steal it. I was reading a book called Faith Hunt, and it's a really good book about faith and teaching just that that concept. And one of the um, pages, they had this quote, and I'm going to read it. It says, "Faith always has a moment of release. Faith always declares God's will. It defines what I am believing for." confident that I have received it at the moment of its release. A heart full of faith is a heart awarded by peace, knowing that it has received. And so I love that quote because it really talks about that releasing part and how what we're releasing, that it's with God's will. So making sure that it's God's will, releasing it, and we just have peace in our heart knowing that God's got it. He's taking care of it. And that we have already received it in that confidence because we've released it to God. And we know that we're praying for what God has called over us. And then just getting into that that thankfulness already for it and being thankful for what he has done already and what he is going to do in that. And I'm going to share a quick story with that. So some of you might remember Kaylee, but she contacted me last summer and said, hey, the school that I'm working for, they want me to teach first and second grade. And she wasn't going to have a break at all. 
And so she had called me and she's like, I really believe God is saying that I'm going to have my own classroom, but I need someone to come alongside me and pray about, about that and like believe for it. And I was like, okay, let's do this. And these are just a couple of things of like how God's been teaching me to really believe and have faith for things that he's calling about. So for that whole summer, her and I just prayed every day. Just thanking God for it, believing for it, saying, hey, God, you spoke to her. She's supposed to have her own classroom. And it got to about two weeks beforehand, the school said, oh, yeah, you're not going to be traveling anymore. You'll have your own room and the kids will come to you. So it wasn't the fullness yet of what God had spoken to her, but it was a start. So then we just started continuing to pray for they needed three more students to come. So we just started praying, three more students, three more students. Thank you, God, for those three families, those three students that are going to come. Two days before school started, her principal called her and said, hey, we got those three students. You have your own class. And God was just so showing me through that when he has showed you something and he has called you to something, to never give up, to keep going, to keep claiming, to keep thanking him for it, which is what we did constantly. And so the other point is to keep him from stealing it is to not give up. So many times we give up halfway there and we ended up losing out on it because Satan steals it away from us because we gave up. And one of those verses is Galatians 6, 9, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. And it just really shows us like if we want to reap that harvest and see that, um, that harvest we've been praying for and believing for, we have to not give up, even if it looks impossible. But God says everything is possible with him, and we need to keep pushing on even and persevering even through that. And then in James 1, 2 through 4, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect worth, work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to them. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind." So again, not giving up, persevering through that faith, knowing that God is going to give it to us in his timing and that we're going to reap that harvest. And yeah, Satan's going to bring temptations for us to give up, but to not do it, to keep going and to not have doubt. It also talks in that verse about not having doubt. And um, a friend of mine, her mom has been sick and she and I have been praying for her mom to get better. And at one point, I kind of gave up with it because of what doctors were saying and things like that. And we just kind of started accepting, like, it's just not going to work. It's just not going to happen. And then all of a sudden later, God started convicting me about it. He's like, you gave up. Like, you stopped believing in that. And here, come find out during quarantine, she's her, the, her sickness is act, like God's been healing her. And all of a sudden, these things that the doctors are like, what? Like, this isn't, this isn't possible. Like, this isn't supposed to happen. She's starting to conquer all of these things. And God was like, look, you gave up, but I still went on. 
I'm still going on and, and doing what you were originally believing for. And it really convicted me of like not giving up and not having that doubt seek in of like, oh, well, you know, the doctors are saying this or, you know, it doesn't look like this could happen or something and just not give up. Um, with coming here, the Lord um, really made it clear I was supposed to come and be in Robin's wedding. And I'm like, okay, Lord, but I'll take out of my savings, but I just, I'm just going to start praying that someone's going to provide for this money for me to come, to come back to the States, because um, it's actually quite expensive. And uh, literally, by the end of that week, I found out how the government was giving the stimulus check. And God was like, here it is. And I was like, wow, Lord, I didn't realize it was going to come from the government. But he went to show me, like, when I've called you to go somewhere or do something or be a part of something or to pray for something, like, don't give up and always keep pressing into that because there's going to be somehow, some way that it's going to come. And he showed me even again through just providing that money for me to be able to come back. And through my whole entire time there, I've not been fully funded, but anytime God's called me to go do a training, Someone gives, and it pays for it. And it's just amazing to see that faith being walked out and that believing and not giving up and not having doubt that God is going to provide. It says, Matthew 2, 21 through 22, Then Jesus told them, I tell you the truth, if you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. You can pray for anything, and if you have faith, you will receive it. It might not always look like how we want it, but we will receive it in his timing and in his way. But we cannot give up. Another quote from that book it says, I believe many Christians walk in this type of divided faith for years of disappointment and lack of understanding concerning this principle. People begin to change their doctrines to match their circumstances. Instead of asking God what is holding back their faith, they begin to define God's character and his will, but by what he apparently does not do. And that quote just really hit me that so many times when something doesn't happen or doesn't go in our way, we start to put God in this box and, oh, that's just how he works. And we put him in this box and then we just leave it there. And then that's what our faith is. It's only that. It's not the bigger picture anymore. And we lose out on so much more that God wants for us because we've put him in that box because of one situation that might have happened and not gone our way. And so we build up God's character in that rather than what his true character is. Nothing is impossible. He loves us. He wants what's best for us. And he hears our prayers and he will answer them in his timing and in his way. And to just not give up. And to not put him in that box. I was recently in my leadership class. We were had a day on the Holy Spirit. And she was going into 1 Corinthians 12. And she was talking about how gift actually means in the Greek, things of the spirituals. And how Paul wasn't saying there were just nine spiritual gifts. He was saying that these are examples of what the Holy Spirit can do. But the ultimate gift 
is the Holy Spirit. And we cannot limit him to those nine gifts because there are so much more of the power of the Holy Spirit in us. And it hit me so hard that how that goes on with faith as well, like the Holy Spirit in us, we cannot limit him in us for what he can do. Don't limit his power. Don't limit him working through us. Don't limit what he can do through us. And she also led us through a thing of thanking God, not only for what you're believing and you're praying for and how he's working through you, but thank him for living inside of you and for what he is doing in you. And to really recognize him and that he's inside of us. And that because Jesus died on that cross, we can have God in us through the Holy Spirit. And to keep recognizing that and know that we have that power. And because we have that power, everything is possible. And to not put God in that box of what he can do on earth. So again, I'm going to come back to that question. So what have you been praying for? What have you been believing for? And when I told that story about Kaylee and how she had asked me to come alongside her, something I've learned is with that verse where it talks about when two or more are gathered together, just how much more powerful it is. So I want to encourage you, if there are things that you've been praying for and God has spoken over you about, one thing God's been really teaching me in these past few months is to claim and re- um, believe in myself these prophecies and things that God has spoken over my life and to go way back in them and bring them back out before the Lord and to go to others and share them hey this is what God has called over me and I need to re get back into that of believing what God has shown and called me to so I'm going to encourage you, go back and look for those things and ask God, what have you been calling me to? What have you been asking me to pray for? What have you been asking me to do or step into? And find people who can come alongside you and believe and pray and release it and claim it with you because that's where there's more power as well. So that is my encouragement to you. Don't give up. Keep praying. Keep believing. And do it with others too. Encourage others to do it as well and to keep walking in that and know that God will answer, that God keeps his promises and keep reading his word to be encouraged that he keeps his promises. Andrea, thank you so much for sharing and uh, just stay up here for a minute. Um, I believe that there's no coincidence that you were here this morning and that Andrea was sharing about what she was sharing. And so I'm just going to ask everybody that you would just bow your heads, close your eyes. And Lord, I know that you are in our midst, that you have orchestrated all things, that you are the sovereign God. And we recognize that Lord in this place. And Father, there's folks uh, that have come here that I believe needed to hear a word from you. Um, and showed up. And, and I just want to stand in agreement with those. Uh, if you walked into this place and you would say, Michael, I need agreement. I need someone to join me in prayer. There are some things that I have been believing for. There are some things that I'm still trying to understand that I am trying to walk in the fullness of. It may be health. It may be a relationship restoration. It may be addictions broken in your family and friends. Uh, whatever it is, I want to join you in agreement today that what you have been praying for, that what you have been believing for, that you're not standing alone for that we're going to join you today. If that's you, if that's you in this place, just raise your hand. I want to join you right where you are this week. Yes, yes, yes. God, you see, you know. Yes, thank you, Lord. 
Lord, I thank you for the people that are in this place that are following your promptings today, God. And I believe that you have deposited some things in each and every one of our hearts and our lives. Lord, I pray that you would continue to allow us to fan the flames, the gifts inside of us to believe your word, to believe that there are no coincidences or accidents, that where you have placed us in life, where you have placed us in relationship, where you have placed us where we work, what is going on in our hearts right now, Lord, it is all before you. And we join you in heaven and say, Lord, Would you connect us to your people in community that we may walk this journey together? May we see the fullness of faith realized, of promises fulfilled. God, I pray that we would not grow weary in believing your word, that we would not lose heart or lose hope. God, you are the restorer of all things. And I pray, Lord, that you would begin to move in and restore the the years that maybe gifts have been squandered or restore relationship time and restore health and restore finances. God, you are the redeemer. This is what you do that we cannot. It is the good news. It is the gospel. And Lord, so we apply it over every aspect of our lives this morning and join you in faith, believing that you are God, you are good. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you to join me now in just a second time of prayer, just lifting up Andrea, praying for her and the work over in Hungary, um, just believing that the Lord is going to continue to just give them wisdom and guidance as they are, uh, uh, like everyone, what does the next semester look like, right? Um, And just giving them the wisdom on how to connect with the DTS. Um, It's in her heart. You can hear that. Um, And believing for the finances that they need right now as well. So would you just extend your hand and let's just agree over the things that she's praying and believing for as well. Lord, we just lift up Andrea. We lift up her team. We lift up her, the leadership there uh, over that region, over the Central European region. God, we just pray for divine strategy in this season, that they would have a heart and an intuition, God, that is spiritual and not just merely worldly and physical, God, but they will know how to reach the people right there in Budapest, God. We are believing with them for provision, for provision for this coffee shop, for new staff, for new people to join the YWAM team, God, that you are going to send the students that it is their season, it is their time to be a part of this DTS. God, we continue just to agree with them that their heart's desire would be met as it is your will. Lord, we believe that all nations would hear the good news and know. So globally, we just agree with the YWAM vision of having a language, of a Bible in every language for every people, every tongue, every tribe. So Lord, we just say, God, may it be done as it is in heaven that every nation, tribe, and tongue would gather around your throne. May it be done here on earth that those same tribes, nations, and tongue would gather around worshiping and praising and exalting your name in their language. God, let the scripture be made known in every nation, tribe, and tongue, Jesus. We thank you for the provision that you're gonna continue to pour out upon her. May it be in amazing, bountiful ways, God, in her physical, mental, spiritual, and financial well-being, continue to pour out over her. We thank you, Lord, for safe travels as she heads back. We thank you, God, for how you are going to continue to give her peace and hope, joy, the strength of her salvation. It's in your name we pray, amen and amen.